It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you? Man, I'm doing, I'm doing well today. Doing a little house project stuff. Uh, you know, it's been a little post-birthday excitement over here at the Workin' household. Baby boy turned one and we're fixing the house up. And so, you know, life happenings, all that stuff. What about you? That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's it's good to know that he's starting to like pull his weight around the house. And that's right. That's right. Help with the remodel a little bit. You know, that's good. He's he's pretty good with a tile hammer, so <laughs> when it comes to demo, he's my guy. He's my guy. <laughs> I just imagine him with a little bitty sledgehammer and it's awesome. Just, well, Zach, I've been on the Twitter sphere. Uh, I know. <laughs> you love Twitter. Dude, I do really like Twitter. It is <laughs> He really does. He really does, listeners. He loves Twitter. Um, yeah, if you're not following us, by the way, on Twitter, please follow us um, after nine. Um, also, if follow our youth ministry booster, that would be absolutely phenomenal as well. And uh, But start following us. October the 10th, we launch Youth Ministry Booster. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal re- resource to youth ministers in many different ways. And so uh, be a part of that from the beginning. And uh, so you can follow us on Twitter. But... Um, so I was on Twitter, Zach. But yeah, yeah, but better better than business. Twitter's great for what, yeah, Chad? Forget about that. Um, <laughs> forget about professionalism. What is Twitter really good for? <laughs> finding funny things. Finding so funny every things, once obviously. in a while, <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, I like to just like random, not search like hashtags, but just like search like youth ministry or youth pastor or whatever, and just right. try to see what people are saying. And there's always these really funny ones. So apparently, and I don't, I, I can't find where it started because there's no, there's no hashtags with any of these, but there were multiple, um, Twitters that kind of set the same, um, structure and they all end with, hi, my name is, and then it's just like this random, like generic name. And then yeah. it would say, I'm your new youth pastor, nice. which by the way, there was one that said, hi, my name is Chad. I'm your new youth minister. And I was like, "Wait, what is my name? A common youth minister name?" But <laughs> Chad, Chad's a pretty common name in general, and I can see that working out for somebody. Yeah, that'd be great. So here is one of them, and then I'll share with you a couple of other. Okay. Set, set up the game because I feel like this is a game we need our friends to play. <laughs> so here, here is the first tweet of hi. And this one ends with "Hi, my name is Dan, your local youth pastor." You're, it says this. <laughs> I used to suffer from mono. Now the only mono I'm involved with is monotheism. Hi, my name is Dan, your local youth pastor. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's the ultimate Jesus juke, right? Like it is. It is. I just imagine this dude named Dan like showing up to like the high school cafeteria with this one liner, just ready to go. Right? Just what up, everybody? It's Dan. 
<laughs> it's Dan. My name is Dan. Um, oh, okay, this this tweet I found about Youth Pastor was oh, I mean, like I cried when I when I read this one. So uh, this is just some kid, and this it sounds like this was like a real conversation that his youth pastor was having. I don't know if it was in a sermon or what. And so it, this is like his youth pastor speaking. So his youth pastor colon. Being being a hypocrite would be like uh, saying "don't steal" and then going out and robbing Kmart. Me <laughs> colon who would bother with Kmart? Like that, that's this kid's oh, initial thought is like, who robs Kmart? Oh, I love that the, the youth pastor was trying to make like an object point or whatever, and it just didn't land. It just didn't land. <laughs> this kid's like, why do I need jorts? You know what I mean? Right. Because <laughs> he's never worn them. He doesn't know. They're, they're he great. doesn't know the they're power great. of jorts. He doesn't understand why I need 17 pockets on these shorts That's that right. is called cargo pants. That's right. Cargoing. I saw, I saw from, the, I, from the French to snail. I saw this post the other day about cargo pants, and it was just a picture of cargo pants. And it says, um, you just worry about making friends. I got carrying stuff covered. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, okay, this is another um, another one that, that ends with, you know, I'm your new youth pastor. Okay. Is this Pokemon Go, question mark? Oh, yes. They always go. The question is, where will you go after you die? Hi, my name is your youth pastor, oh, Jason. Jeez. That's spot on. If you're closing a message like that, right? Like that's your go-to altar call. That's that's rough, man. See, I think more than the altar call, that's the setup, right? Like that's like the that's like the first line of the sermon. People are like, people are always asking me, like, "Hey, Jason, what do you know about Pokemon?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh! So, if you are friends of After Nine or listeners and following After Nine Ministry on Twitter, Facebook, please submit a hashtag. Hi, my name is, and then I'm your new youth pastor. That is our favorite new game, and we'll be looking for tweets that play in that game. Chad's gonna be posting some all this week because that's just too too funny. But at After Nine, we don't just find and troll funny things on. Uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. We're also really excited to answer the tough questions of youth ministry. After nine gets its name from answering those big questions in youth ministry. Like does youth ministry matter? Did that talk resonate with students? Am I being a help and a support to parents or our question for this week, Chad, am I the only ministry doing any good at this church? It is It is sometimes, I think, laughable to talk about because it does feel that way. And other times, I think this is the real tension for a lot of youth pastor folks. They feel like they are tapped into something that is maybe exciting and new and different, and it just feels wholly other from what's going on in the rest of the church. And I feel like this is a question that a lot of our friends have asked us. A lot of our friends are asking and the question of, is the youth ministry the only thing that seems to be going or doing stuff? Uh, I think this is the question we got to talk about today, Chad. So start us off and, and tell us where do we kind of set this up and what gets us to thinking this way? And then how do we kind of work ourselves through it or out of it or in it? Sure. Well, the first thing that I want to say as we start unpacking this, because this is a massive, massive question, right? 
And there are so many different facets to this. And if you're a listener today and you feel like you're walking through some of this, right? Like, man, your church is struggling or, man, there's problems with senior pastor or somebody else on your staff. And, um, man, I, I just know there are a lot of churches financially, right, that are walking through some really difficult times right now. And so um, that just that brings this whole other burden on your staff, your church. And, um, man, a lot of times when those things happen, people begin to point fingers and all those kind of things and feelings get hurt and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and hearts get stepped on and all that kind of stuff. So the first thing that, man, I want to say out of the box, just because I always feel this weight of responsibility when we get on these microphones is, you know, we're going to be talking um, today in some very like broad terms and we don't know ex- specifically what's going on at your church or in your specific situation. Um, and, and so please be wise with what you hear here Um Take what we say as um, helpful and encouragement and not this like one size fits all answer, right? Because as Zach and I want to unpack this and give some light and encouragement, um, man, the direction that God may be leading you to to move and act may be be different than what we say. And we don't ever want to feel like we're the end all be all in this uh, conversation. And so... Man, I just wanted to say that because I know that oftentimes these situations are difficult and there's multiple people involved. And I, I don't know all the personalities involved at your church, right? Like I may give you the the wisdom of, hey, you need to go speak to your senior pastor about this. And while yeah. I believe that's wise in many scenarios for some of you, like opening up that line of communication at this point in time, there may need to be some steps before that that you take. And so... Um, we we just want to be wise in that and, and set that up first, especially on such a big topic as this, when we're dealing with multiple people in an entire uh, church. So yeah, um, so Zach, what are what are some of the what are some of the issues or the problems that you hear most often when you hear youth ministers talking about situations like this or struggles? Well, so I, and the area I'm sure that you would you would agree is that there's usually some kind of conflict or tension between senior pastor and youth pastor. There's probably some conflict and tension between whatever's going on in the worship and music ministry, uh, and in youth ministry, uh, and there or there might be some tension or conflict between children's ministry and youth ministry. And so I I think the ways that you know to kind of think about the uh, the tensions that may arise. Uh, is is to name where you're feeling like either the competition, the rivalry, or at least the comparison. And I think that is something we need to name up front because I think most folks just try to work through the difference and don't name that we're like you know, we're looking at each other, we're frustrated by each other, but know what the root is, know what the source is. Like if you if you have had an issue personally. Uh, with you know another minister on staff or another ministry leader, lay paid otherwise, like don't let that personal frustration come to like shade or color the, the, the everything else going on, right? Like like if you and the like that one deacon have an issue, it doesn't mean that you and all those deacons necessarily have an issue, right? Or if you feel like you know you're not a fan of you know, these songs or what we're singing or what we're doing on Sunday 
you know, check your heart and make sure you're not just frustrated because of the bad attitude of the person leading you in those songs every week. And I think for a lot of the frustration or a lot of the, the competition competitiveness that we kind of feel between I'm doing better, they're doing worse, usually starts in a comparison of uh, I don't like him or I don't respect him or I don't like her, or, I don't respect her. So I think I would check that first and make sure that this is not a personal issue. Make sure you are you know, professionally concerned or ministerially worried or discerning or whatever. So check your heart first for the ways in which you might be personally frustrated by the situation. Uh, and then I think from there, you can begin to have the honest conversations with folks. Because as soon as you work through that, like, I'm not mad at you personally, but I really care for the church, I think you could kind of open up some new conversations and, you know, kind of work into some new areas um, beyond just like hurt and bitterness and frustration kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's so easy to always feel like we're the innocent party. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean, <laughs> I've never wronged any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's good. We always give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is always somebody else or something else. And, yeah. You know, and, and I think, I, I think it's really easy to, when we're in those situations to feel like we're all alone, right? Like, that your church is the only church walking through this. Yeah. And that somehow your church is broken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be an understanding that, dude, it, it's not always sunshine and roses. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. when you're dealing with real sinful people, right? Yeah. That, you know, we're we're all trying to come together and create this community. There's going to be strife. There's going to be you know, hardships and, and ministers are no different, right? Like we know this for ourselves. We know that we have shortcomings in our own leadership and ministry and all of those kind of things. Yet when it's us, it's always easily forgiven. Yet when That's it's somebody right. else right. on our staff, you know, it's like, man, why don't they get their stuff together? You know, why can't we do this different, man? They're not leading correctly. I would do the, you know, I would do it this way and all those kind of things. And there's not much grace and compassion that's given. Because I think sometimes, man, when we feel that pressure, right? Like, man, I've been in those situations where I have like volunteer leaders coming to me trying to talk about other people, yeah. you know, on staff, man, that's a, that is a hard, like place to be in. Yeah. Especially when you understand like your calling is not just to your specific silo youth ministry yeah. that you've called been called as a minister of that church as a shepherd of those people and so we have to be mindful that we're creating unity and we're striving for that and and we're not just like riding the wave of complaint and dissatisfaction with everyone else well and i think you just named the the second half of what i would share chad is that we have got to see ourselves not just as the youth ministry coach or team leader as a team versus other teams, but we are one of many coaches, one of many shepherds, one of many mentors for the whole church. And if you can't lead your section, if you can't be a section leader for the rest of the band that is the church in kind of a, a coherence or a harmony with what's going on with the church, then you need to pause and check yourself and see what you're really trying to be about. Because you having a youth ministry that's wildly divergent or wildly at odds with the rest of the church is not healthy or good for church unity. 
yes, you're going to sing some songs that are different. Yes, you're going to have, you know, weekends and retreats and events and camps that everybody else may not do. And you may even push the envelope a little bit. But if you constantly find yourself at odds with what's going on in the rest of the church, then please, please, please see yourself as a pastor, a minister, a leader, a spiritual director for the good of the whole church and have the right leadership and pacing and then also the right conversation so that the youth of the church are not further and further isolated from what that church is about. Even if you think that that church is not quite with it, have the grace to see in what ways you can pull them along or be a part or participate in the larger vision of what the church that church, your church, needs. Yeah, man. I, I think that that's very, very wise, Zach. You know, because I think we can get in that mindset that, like, this is my job, right? I yeah. am the youth minister. I'm supposed to deal just with the youth. And then these problems arise. And then I think I think youth ministers begin to feel all of these different pressures, especially when like attendance starts to wane on like Sunday morning, right? And then they may get like leadership, pastors, deacons, kind of turn into them as the youth minister for the answer, right? Like you need to get more of your kids here on Sunday morning. Like, why aren't we growing? You improve the attendance. You improve the attendance. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I think that's hard, man. As a youth minister, you're just going well, these kids don't like it, right? Like, they, yeah. you know what I mean? It's different and all that kind of stuff. And then when you feel like your value as a youth minister is dependent on some 14-year-old kid showing up on a Sunday morning, yeah, like that just causes strain and tension amongst everything. And so we've, we've got to, we've got to understand like there's this bigger picture that's b- being played and, and, um, oftentimes when those fingers are being pointed at us, it's probably because they're feeling, some insecurities and some some tension on their side, right? Like there are other fingers that are being pointed at them and all those kind of things. And I think naturally we as humans, we want to find the scapegoat and it's never us, you know? That's right. That's right. Well, hey, let's uh, take it to the break real quick, Chad, and then we're going to pick it up on the second half and talk about what this question means for After 9 and why it's kind of the thing that we've always been about. Calling all After 9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. We want to ask for your support. You can help make After 9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After 9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash After 9 to become a supporter. You can also visit www.afternineministry.com slash support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support. Hey, welcome back to After Nine. My name is Zach Workin, and this is my buddy. Chad Higgins. And we, man, so this is the question this week. Is the youth ministry the only good thing that's happening at church? And I, and I know that, that when we say it that way, it, it, it almost paints it in a certain direction that we're favoring the youth pastor, but we're biased. We love youth ministers. We, we've been youth ministers. We've served in youth ministry. We love youth ministry as an enterprise, and we love the people that are responsible for leading it at every level, volunteer, bivocational, full-time, whatever. The reason After Nine got started is to answer questions like this. And, and Chad and I, after 44 episodes, our hearts are still heavy for youth ministers that are fighting the battle 
of success, health, and expectations. And I really feel like, Chad, that this this uh, undue pressure of either having to be the best and then the the weight of feeling like we're doing the best, but the whole church isn't getting better, like that that carousel, that loop of just like doing our darndest, giving it everything, and then just feeling like we're not seeing the kind of stuff in the other areas in church that we want to see is at the heart of a lot of the questions for our youth ministry friends. And and today I, I need your help a little bit in, in kind of parsing through that, because I think everybody at some point is going to ask that question. They're either going to ask the question, am I the only one that's caring, or am I the only one that's doing a good job, or or am I the only one that's trying new things? And I think they need to hear some wisdom from Chad Higgins on why that season uh, is just a season and how to really face and handle some of those kind of consequences of, of going through that season. Yeah. Man, the first thing that I would say is this, is don't miss the opportunity that God has given you in this moment because of the struggle that you're walking through. Um, you know, we'll teach our students, right, that we walk through difficult times in our life that God may grow the character in us. And then yet when it happens to us in this ministry type setting, like um, that biblical truth just flies out the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I think you need to realize that once hardship begins to happen in your church, one, it doesn't mean that your church is broken and unfixable. Mm. Um, and it also doesn't mean that, hey, it's time to start putting resumes out someplace right. else. Um, God may have you there for exactly this time. Um, and, and so don't miss that. Don't downplay that. And also don't miss the opportunity to learn, um, to grow as a minister, to step back. You know, for many youth ministers out there, um, we tend to be a little younger, um, and so maybe for you, this is one of your first um, couple, you know, youth ministry positions or anything like that. And you're walking through and you're just like, man, this is hard. Our church is struggling and all those kind of things. Um, you know, God's going to continue to grow you as a minister. And man, and this senior pastor that you're frustrated with right now, <clears throat> you know, 10, 15 years down the road, you may be that senior pastor that <laughs> you your youth you. minister is yeah. <laughs> fresh, frustrated with. And and I think if we don't take the opportunity to learn and ask some important questions of, okay, why is it that my church is in the situation that they're in right now? Yeah. What are the things that have led us to this place? Um, where, where have I um, gone wrong? Right? What are some flaws that I've made, failures that I've made in this process? Um, and really learning from that, right? And growing from that so we don't make the same mistake over and over again. Man, I know so many youth ministers that it seems like um, they go from church to church and the same things happen. Keep following them, keep right? Following <laughs> them. And, and it's like, okay, so what are some of the questions that we're not asking beforehand? What, what are, why? Why is there this unhealthiness in these churches, um, and and how do we do things differently? How do we yeah. create some peace and some unity in our church? How do we promote growth and all those kind of things, or whatever that struggle is for you? 
uh, that you're dealing with, right? Are we learning from this? Are we drawing from this? Or are we just along for the ride like everybody else, right? Yeah. I think we got to understand that God has placed us there to lead and not just be a part of it. Mm. And so, man, there's some responsibility in that, that we wear that. And when th- times are difficult, we don't just sit back and go, well, that this is how it is, and either the senior pastor fixes it or nobody fixes it. Well, we're, we're there too, right? Like, we, right, that's right. We're part of this leadership team, and so how do we how do we begin to help that process? Um, and and I think if we if we take a step back and we really seek wisdom, um, man, one of the things I found to be so true is. Man, I, I believe strongly because Scripture says it that when we ask for wisdom, that God will give it to us. And so, mm-hmm. man, I think, I think we as many youth ministers need to start asking for more wisdom when we're in these situations, and not just sit back and go, "Man, something needs to happen," right? But we yeah. need to be asking for wisdom and allowing the power of God to to really transform our life so we can lead the way that we need to lead in that time. That's good, man. And even if you feel like you are the guy or girl that doesn't have enough of a position or leverage to really bring about change, you're wrong. The conversations you have with other leaders, you know, lay leaders, other staff and pastoral leaders, a lot of folks today are wanting to hear what younger folks, young people have to say about church. And for you to be a young person who's church committed, gives them a voice, gives them a resource, because they may not have anybody else who's 23, 33, and loves the church like you do. And if you have earned and proved that you love the church and you want what's best for the church, an approach with the right kind of wisdom, the right kind of patience, the right kind of commitment and diligence, they're going to see it. And yeah, you may not have the voting power or the veto power to make big executive decisions, but your voice in a church that loves people will be valued. And so don't don't think that you've got to wait around until you have like the final vote to cast it. Begin speaking and sharing and encouraging the church that hopefully you love, the church that you call to, that you love, the people that you love, um, for the right kind of ways. If you see it, say something. Right. Be about it. Don't just continue to work on your thing. Care for the whole church. Because right. We don't need better youth ministries. We've had a lot of years of great youth ministries. We need better churches. Oh, dude, Zach, I'm so thankful you said that. Like that, to me, that hits home, right? Like if if we're just about creating a better our thing, yeah. and we miss the bigger picture, man, then we're creating this like, I don't know, better tire for a car that's broken down, right? That's right, that's right. And... um. Man, that that's just that speaks to me. One of the things you said that I think was so important is that you earn that right, right? Mm-hmm. You earn that right to speak. You earn that right um, to to be a difference. You know, oftentimes we have, you know, maybe lay people in our church that are causing a scene and um, hurting and all that kind of deal. And I, I, man, I've seen a lot of youth ministers. It's like we poke our head out of the youth room and we point at the problem and then we duck back in, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's all our church sees us as. And we've got to, we've got to be out there. We've got to put ourselves out there um, to minister to those people, to love on those people that we face the problem head on. And we can't just be the people that the only time they ever hear from us is when we step out and go, Hey, this is what's wrong. 
right? Yeah. This is what needs yeah. to be fixed. Um, but we're walking with people through this, man. We're loving them through this. That we're spending time in their house, in a coffee shop with them, face to face, and we're talking about more than what's broken. But we're talking about, man, how are you as an individual? Because when people know that you care their hearts begin to soften as well, right? The problems that we're facing in our church don't seem to be as big when it's just overflowed with love for the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can begin to work together to fix this process, right? When the elderly people understand that their youth minister loves them and not just the kids in their church, then I think we begin to to grow as a church, um, and we stop just dividing over and over again to find what we really want and this consumerism that has become the American church. That's good, man. Dude, the final thing that, that I want to recommend is this. And I think it is where it has to start when we're in these positions, and it's one of our most powerful places of leadership um, and building unity and peace in our church. We have to pray. Um, We have to become diligent about prayer, and we have to involve other people in prayer. Um, I think this has to begin with you. Um, that this goes beyond just, okay, these struggles that I'm dealing with in my church, it becomes part of my normal ritual prayer. I think we've got to go, all right, we are, we're fighting this thing. And so we're going to have some specific like daily time in prayer, just you and the Lord seeking his wisdom, seeking his face in it, asking him these tough questions. God, what is it that you want me to do? God, lead me into obedience, and then following him into that. But then, man, as people come to you and want to talk about the problem, then I think we've got to invite them into the solution of prayer. And so, man, every person that comes to you with a complaint, go, hey, we're trying to fix this. Join me Tuesday morning. You know what I mean? And and we begin to pray, and we begin to lead our church in this time of prayer. And it's not just um, this man-made solution, but we're seeking the power of God. And man, I think when we begin to lead our people in that way, I think there's some wisdom, there's some power in that. Um, it's It's hard to be mad at someone that you're praying for diligently every day. That's a good word. And... and and I'm not just talking about the kinds of prayer that's like, God changed their heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. those prayers that's like, God, bring them good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, bless them. And I think when we begin to pray for that, God softens our heart. We begin to see them as not just troublemakers, but somebody who is loved and cared for by a holy and magnificent God. And I think we've got to get this heart change in us, and we've got to lead our church through these heart changes for change to happen um, and peace to happen in our churches. And so that that would be my wisdom, Zach. That's good, man. Well, hey, friends, thanks for listening again another week of After 9. Uh, this is episode 44, and we're so excited. Uh, we got some big changes and exciting things happening for you in less than six episodes. So thanks for sticking with us. We hope that this season of ministry is blessed for you. And those that you saw, either in competition or comparison, you would see as collaborators for the gospel. Thanks for listening. Stay prayerful. And we'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the 
conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after9ministry.com to share your story.